you know, all this stuff is going on in the church, and are we going to move, are we not going to move? And as I'm worshiping, I'm just reminded of how radical it is that God would take on flesh and blood, that he would become this baby for us. And, and you know, it's easy for us at this time of year to think about 9 pounds, 10 ounce baby Jesus. And to think, oh, the peace that baby Jesus brings. Eight, six, eight, six that's how, that was the official birth weight of Jesus. You know, but you know what I mean? Like, like this, when the kingdom of God came in Jesus, it was violent. In Matthew, it talks about Jesus says that this is a, this is a violent act, that the kingdom of God has suffered violence, and, and now violence has come in a new way. And when we say violence, it's not, it's not that people are getting hurt. Well, people are, but not physically. There's so much more to that word. It is radical. It changes us and everything about us. It, it, it is massive. And, and, and you know what? It, and it talks about violent men take it by force. That is, there are violent people that step out and say, you know what? This is a battle. This is a battle. Jesus has started an invasion and, and God's reign has come in a new way. And I'm going to go out and I'm going I'm to change people's hearts. I'm going to change people's lives and I'm going to do it in a violent way, in a, in a way that's radical, in a way that, that other people are going to look at and go, whoa, dude, calm down. That's what I want. That's what I want. And you know what? When, when we come to a church and we say, this is my church home, we are putting ourselves under God's leadership through the leadership of the church. And I just want to say, when I hear Antley talk, I mean, I don't want you to apologize. I don't want you to apologize because I want that kind of radical nature. I want a leader who has reckless abandon, who says, you know what? I think God's leading us in this way. It makes no sense. <laughs> I, we've already printed up the cards. We've already put it on the website. But I think God is leading us in this way. I am willing to look the fool in front of the church to be able to make that decision. That's the kind, that's the kind of culture we want in this church. That's the kind of culture I want to be surrounded by because that's what's going to challenge me. I would much rather have it Google mapped in the GPS. I know my route Christmas Eve, but I don't right? I'm comfortable that way. Eight pound, six ounce, baby Jesus and me, we get along great. It's the other Jesus I have such a hard time with. The one that challenges us to get out and to, and to change and to be changed and to change others. And, okay. That was all free. Let me pray and try and get some assemblies. Lord, um, we do, we thank you that you are a God. Um, that meets us where we are. And when we're in the midst of junk, when we're in the midst of powerful things that come against us, you come and give us the strength to be radical and to make change and to be changed. And I thank you that you make all things new and that through you there is strength that is beyond measure. And that at this time of year when we reflect on, on a little baby Jesus, we know that, that, that is, it takes extreme humility for you to take on that form for us, Lord, and that you would lead us down a path of humility and power, true power, true humility. And we pray this morning by your spirit, God, that you would reveal more of who you are. 
and that you would reveal more of who we are. And if you are calling us to be radical and to step out and to make crazy commitments and crazy beliefs and to tell people, even though it seems just totally nuts, Lord, I pray this morning that you, by your spirit, would give us the strength to do that, to step out, to make those radical decisions and to do those radical things. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a message prepared, too. Um, You know, this is traditionally the time of year we reflect on the baby Jesus. We reflect on eight-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus. And there was one thing as I was reading the story um, that stuck out to me. And I just, I want to recount the story real quick and then kind of point out what I think God has for us, another thing that God, I believe, has for us this morning. Um, So this is in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Anybody else see? Okay. Um, but you can just blow right through that, right? Like, that's just normal, right? That's cr- okay. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning, concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. I want to look specifically at Mary's perspective because there's this almost obscure reference of Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I mean, think about Mary's perspective. Think about the the, the kind of experiences that she had had that's so easy for us to blow past. I mean, we just saw it, that she's pledged to be married. Uh, By the way, she's also expecting a child. Like, the order is not right for that. You know, Mary had gone through some crazy experiences. Mary had some incredible experiences that we we see here that she's making an intentional effort to treasure and to ponder. So think about the Christmas story just just from her perspective for a moment. So we, we know that she was a teenage girl. Most likely she was a young teenage girl, and she's visited by an angel. Pretty big stuff, right? I can't say I've been visited by an angel. She's visited by an angel, Gabriel, and he tells her this incredible thing, that you are are, are going to give birth to the Son of God. 
that you, even though you're a virgin, you are going to give birth and, and he's going to be called the son of the most high and he's going to have a reign. His kingdom, the, the, the kingdom that he is ushering in will reign forever and ever. This is what the angel tells her. And so you're thinking, oh, blessed Mary, right? What do you think she's thinking? Like, that's all well and fine, but there's a guy I'm engaged to. Like, I got parents. What am I going to (laughs) do? Mom, dad, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. I'm pregnant, but it's totally cool because an angel told me he's going to be the son of God. (laughs) You know, or Joseph. Think about that conversation. Think about, for, for a moment, you, you know, don't think about the, the, you know, she sings this song and she's thinking about, in, in the account, we, we see that she's excited and, and you know, that God is going to do this thing. But the next day, reality would have set in. The next day, she would now begin to the struggle with what she was surrounded by. She, she can't just go around and tell everybody because everyone thinks she's crazy. She goes to Joseph. Hey, Joe. You know that premarital counseling meeting we have? I'm going to have to bring something up. I'm pregnant. You know, like, imagine this conversation. And so we know in Matthew's account, we find out that Joseph, Joseph's like, Mary, you know what? I'm just going to, because in, in those days, if you're engaged, it's like one step away from, from being married. Well, I guess it's like that now. But it's, it's like a legal, <laughs> it's like a legally binding type thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a huge deal. And so you actually have to get divorced. And Joseph's like, look, you're pregnant. Obviously, you've been messing around, whatever. Oh, no, no, it's God. It's God. Okay, yeah, wh- okay, whatever. This is what I'll do. I'll divorce you quietly so you're not embarrassed in front of all your friends. Imagine Mary. Imagine her prayers. God, hello. Like, what's going on? Is this a blessing or is this a curse? What, did it even happen? Like, you know, I mean, she must have just struggled. We know in Matthew's account, then Joseph, thank God, literally, thank God, was visited by an angel. And he was encouraged. No, 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 no. It's totally cool. (laughs) Still, it's kind of weird. But yeah, she's pregnant. It's my baby, right? He's visited by an angel, says, yes, the baby is actually the son of God. Totally cool. Don't worry about it. So Mary goes through this, this incredible ordeal. Nine months. She, she goes with, there, there must have been conversations about the crazy girl next door or at least the pregnant, unwed teenage girl next door. She goes through this nine months. Finally, the baby comes and she's there holding God with us. She's holding God with us. That's amazing to think about. But it's not all, you know, hopefully you see it wasn't all up. You know, it wasn't all, ooh, blessed me. There's this challenge that she goes through, and so she, she takes a moment because you know what? The shepherds are going to leave. It's going to be 30 years before Jesus is, comes out as the Son of God. It's going to be a long time, but she takes a moment to treasure up all these things and to ponder them in her heart, to play them back, to play back the experiences that she's had and the time that she called out and she said, God, Joseph wants to divorce me. Where are you? She remembers and she plays it back and she remembers how God sent an angel to save her marriage. How God sent an angel to save her relationship. And I don't know all the other things that had happened in her life, but I would imagine there was a lot that surrounded that. And she treasures them. 
She ponders them. You know, think about what that means. Treasuring the idea of keeping something, keeping it, guarding it, watching over. You will not take this from me. This is my treasure. This is something that I'm going to hold on to and I'm going to protect. Pondering. The word has a sense of, of turning something over and over in your heart. Turning it over and over, pondering it, trying to figure out. One scholar said it's trying to hit upon the right meaning. Trying to figure out what it, you know, what is this God all about that he would choose me? I'm like from a, from a pathetic little town. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little unwed girl. God chose me. What does this tell me about the nature of God and what he's going to do through this God child that I carry? She treasures, she ponders. She thinks about all of the things that she's seen, all of the things that have happened, shepherds coming, you know, all, all of the things that God has orchestrated to this point, things that she's learned about God's character and his plan and how he's going to usher in the Savior, the things that she's experienced. She, she treasures them and she ponders them. And this morning, I believe God wants us to consider for ourselves those things to consider for ourselves those things that God has done, that we have seen, that we've heard, that we've experienced, that we've learned. What is it that that has happened? And and to treasure them, to treasure them, to guard them, to watch over them. You know, when we take that first step to follow Jesus, when we take the first step to follow Jesus, A lifelong process begins, which Jesus is the initiator of transforming us more and more into the person of Christ, more and more into Christ in us. More and more, I become Tom Jesus. Jesus through Tom. Jesus through Antley. Jesus through Amy. Jesus through these different people. We don't all become carpenters in Galilee. But God in us. Jesus in us, and this transformation takes place, and it is a radical thing, so radical that Paul at one point says, it's like a new creature has been created. The old is gone, the new has come. It's something totally, radically different. That's the process that we begin when we take that first step forward. But our human nature is is to forget. Our human nature is to forget what it was like before. Our nature is to rationalize and, and to, 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 to not even consider where we were before, especially in this transformational process, which even though it's radical, sometimes it takes years, and it's a slow change. Sometimes it's radical and it's overnight, but sometimes it takes years for there to be changes in different areas in our life. But if we don't, you know, that's why uh, journaling is such a, a powerful spiritual discipline because it forces us to write down what it is that we've seen God do so that we can look back and say, you know what? When I was struggling in my marriage, yeah, this is what what God did. When I didn't believe there was any way out, this is what God did. This is when God showed up. Because our human nature is to forget and to move past and, and, and to marginalize those things. But you know... Th- this is funny. A lot, of you will re- a lot of you will be able to relate to this, okay? There is a world's colliding moment on Facebook, okay? Anybody that's on Facebook, there's a world's colliding moment in Facebook when all of a sudden, you know, the guy that you went to college with that you did beer bongs and upside-down margaritas is now friending you. And you're like, oh, man, world's colliding. 
You know, you accept that friend's request, and now he's showing up in your news feed along with all your other, you know, people you're doing Bible study and stuff with. You know? You know what I'm talking about. For those of you that aren't on Facebook, stay away. It will suck your life away. Okay. But, but seriously, what happens is there's this contrast between who we are today and who we were. And sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we don't even recognize how much we've changed. You know, I, I was talking to somebody who, who was kind of describing uh, addiction recovery programs. And successful addiction recovery programs will make sure that you stay engaged after. After you've gone through the steps. After you've, you've experienced freedom. You stay engaged. You don't give up. Why? So that you can fight for the other people that are still in the program, but also so they can remind you of what, where you used to be. The more that I'm around people that are struggling the way that I struggled, I remember. I remember what, what it was like when I bottomed out. I remember the bottoms. I remember how bad it was. And I remember how God showed up. I stay engaged. We as a body, we as a local church of River City Church, we need to do that for each other. We need to stay engaged and remind each other of how much we've changed and where we've gone and come from. How great is the distance that you've traveled with Christ after you took that first step? What are the things that have happened? What are the things that have happened since you've come to River City Church? What are the, what are the ways that God has shown up and done different things? What are the testimonies that you have not only stood up and given, but that you've heard and been a part of? That was somebody I prayed with. That was somebody that I served next to. This morning, God wants us to consider those things. Consider and to treasure them, to guard them, to protect them. When somebody says, no, 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 that didn't happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it wasn't that big of a deal. No, man, it was. And I treasure it. It's something that I'm going to fight for. I'm not going to let you take that away from me. This morning, that's what God wants us to consider. And we're going to have a time of, of uh, worship and testimony to be able to talk about those things. What are the things that God has done? What are the things that you are going to treasure and ponder that for the rest of your life that you are going to consider and you're going to roll over in your mind and figure, what is God telling me about who I am and who he is? And some of you, some of you this morning, you're like, I'm not there. I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't experienced that. Maybe, maybe you haven't taken that first step or maybe you've just started taking those steps following Jesus. And I would say, listen, listen to the stories around you. Talk to the people that you know that have been walking with him and watch their eyes light up as they tell you about the times that God has, has shown up and changed them, the transformation that has taken place. Some of you are here because somebody that you know radically changed. And you're like, man, I want some of that. I want to I be like that. If you are still at the beginning of this process, be encouraged. Be encouraged by these stories that this is what's going to happen. This is what it's like to follow the radical man, Jesus. This is what it's like to be transformed. He makes all things new. The old is gone, the new has come. In the kingdom of God, an old dog learns new tricks. In the kingdom of God, a leopard's spots are changed. Period. Everything that you've learned outside of, of this this truth that we know about the kingdom of God is not true. And so be around people. Treasure, ponder those things that are going on. And I know, I just want to share, because I haven't shared enough, I want to share my testimony, like 
I am so, there has been no other church, no other group of people besides y'all. There has been no other church, no other group of individuals who has changed me the way that y'all have changed me. I have experienced, I I, I was thinking about, I never, I never preached on a Sunday until I came to River City Church. I had never got to experience God using my teaching ability, using these things that, that he's been doing in me to teach until I came to River City Church. I have learned more about following God, being radical, being uncomfortable, following Antley, which can be uncomfortable, <laughs> like following Jesus. I mean, I have learned more about myself, about God, about his character, about my character, and I know, man, I need y'all to remind me, and I want to be there to remind you. And so this morning, that's what I want to do, is just have a time, and Antley's going to come up and lead us through a testimony time of just being able to share what are the things that you treasure and ponder about what God's done. Let me just pray for us and, and ask God to come and to reveal those things.